0: Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome to the debut episode of the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with me, with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan M.K. Thank you. Thank you for joining. Much appreciated. Some of you listening may be familiar with me from the Twitters. From my previous podcast, Fantasy Madness, which after a couple of years, I, I decided to end and just kind of uh, basically along the lines of the same ideas and the, you know the same old mad chatter, but just a little bit different of a setup, a little bit different look, you know, new look, new name, just spicing things up. And I do plan on getting guests on. I didn't do a lot of that. With the fantasy madness. But that's that's what I'm planning on doing with this. So maybe some of you are familiar with that. Or familiar with a bit of my writing on the, the uh, player profiler. That's right. I'm a contributor to the site. Hey, You know. I do my best. Put out them articles. I got a new one coming out. We'll discuss that in a little bit. But... I want to get into a little bit about what this podcast will be. Because, really, I just wanted to switch things up a little bit, I did. And, you know, just kind of a new beginning, a rebirth, if you will. I'm, I'm a big fan of change. Some, some, you know, not too big into the change. It is a little bit scary for some. I don't mind it at all. I enjoy a good rebirth, and that's what we're doing with the pod. But Dynasty Wonderland, this is going to be a podcast that will be Dynasty-centric. Focus a lot on, you know, PPR scoring, talk a lot of super flex, but Dynasty-centric because that, that, that's what I do, really. That's my main thing, and, and that's, that's where I have a bit of a niche, in the Dynasty, and really when it comes to dynasty leagues the off season is is for grinding you know for me personally it's a good chance to put out content because i love the off season I, I love the 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 roster maintenance the everything that goes into preparing for rookie drafts and or startup drafts and everything leading up to the season to me yeah the season is is fun you set your lineups you're trying to but the off season i love it everything about sounds weird, but I really do. <laughs> Any shway. Any shui. That's the plan. Focus on Dynasty and bring in people. Uh, yeah, I want to bring in some people that know a lot about college players. I'm not the biggest college football watcher. I rely on analytics. Numbers, mostly. But I do take some of the film grinding into account. I'm just not a film watcher. I personally rely much more on the numbers. But when it comes to these college players, I do like to know what people say that have been watching these kids. It may not translate to the NFL, but I like to know. I like to know. So I want to be able to bring some people like that on, that have that knowledge Other dynasty addicts like me, I want to bring them on. What's their difference in opinion on certain players, strategies for drafting, etc. So, I'm going to try and get a lot more of that going this season. That is the plan. Because I'm all about one thing when it comes to fantasy football. Duh. Winning. That's right. Fucking winning. And, just to let you all know a little bit about myself, for those who aren't as familiar with me, I do a lot of winning. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, 2020 was a bit rough on me. But, rough on many, yes? Not just in fantasy football, either. So, it was a bit of a crazy year. And, I really ramped up the fantasy analysis during 2020. And, uh, with everything else going, I just had a hard time, I guess being organized, keeping everything on track. So I got to do a much better job of that. But my teams are always in the mix, in the playoffs, playing a lot of Super Bowls, win chips. Ships, 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 chips, ships. Championships, titles. I win them. But, you know, I get a lot of help along the way. I did, you know, I again, I rely on the numbers, the analytics. Very heavily, I do. I rely on other people's input. But then I do a lot of my own research. I dig very heavily into teams' depth charts, vacated targets, things like that. I want to know, personally, this is where I like to look, I want to know, Where's the opportunity? Who's going to have the opportunity? Who could potentially have the opportunity? If so, let's turn to the analytics. Are they talented? Were they college producers? How are their workout metrics? Start putting the pieces together to figure out who to go after. Yeah, I love the off season. <laughs> but hey, I and again, this is a little bit of my my knack. Here is the off season, figure some of this stuff out, and so I like to share my knowledge. You know, I, I again, I rely on the knowledge and information of others, so I want to spread what I've learned as well. When you do this shit long enough. You're going to pick up stuff, tricks, strategies, tactics. You're going to pick these things up, particularly if we do a lot of winning. You're going to find out the things that work. And eventually you're going to come up with some pretty good ideas for a base strategy. And we'll get into a little bit of strategy when it comes to, you know, drafting. We're gonna, Some startup strategy. Get into that a little bit later on in the pod. But really, I just wanted to start this off with getting everybody on the same page. Hey, this is what I'm about. This is what we're going to talk about. This is the pod. But I would also like to say, disclaimer, okay, I like to be goofy. I like to have fun. I'm a little bit out there, a little bit off, you might say, a little bit mad. (laughs) I like to talk, hence the man chatter stuff. So this is going to be... Not for everyone, probably. I like to have a good time. I like to be weird. And I'm also not a stick-to-football kind of guy or podcast. You see, I am doing the fantasy football analysis, but my Twitter account, my Instagram account, everything I do is under my Mad Chatter brand, and that is not just fantasy football. No, I do music. I, I try to do comedy stuff. My mother seems to hate it, but I get some positive feedback elsewhere. (laughs) But I also do some novel-type writing. There's a lot of stuff I get into. I have another podcast called The Miscellaneous Debris Podcast. I just talk about random stuff. Sometimes it's politics. Sometimes it's new movies coming out. Sometimes it's sports. Music. Music. TV shows, space. I like to talk about UFOs occasionally. There's all sorts of stuff I get into on that pod. I have a much broader spectrum. So for me, fantasy football is just one aspect. So I'm never going to be someone, even on my fantasy football podcast, I'm not going to be someone who's afraid to spout out about some real-life shit during the pod. That's just how I roll. Now I'm not going to necessarily plan to all the time i'm just saying could come out disclaimer (sighs) but if you got hey if, if you got to this point and you're down with all of that then you are ready to roll with the mad chatter so once again thank you for joining me i very much appreciate it and now that you're all here Let's go ahead and get into some football stuff. I'm not, I don't, I want to get away from just like, you know, the whole like, hey, welcome to the fantasy pod and let's get into some news. Yeah, But there is news, some interesting news, a lot of quarterback news. So some interesting stuff to talk about it. i say, let's get into it. I guess I should also mention a couple, a couple other things. Number one, you might notice from time to time I stumble over the words, my own words, that is, get a little tongue twisted. Perhaps I I, I lose track of what I'm doing a little bit. I've been known to do that from time to time, yeah. You suck, Yeah, jackass. Sometimes, yeah. But... When it comes down to it, me, I I just have a transparency. I have no problem talking about how I do things. I'm I'm often, you know, on my other pod miscellaneous debris, talking about my recording setup where I just do it on an iPad. (laughs) Like, I don't have some grandiose thing, some setup where I can do this magnificently. No, I'm doing the best I can with what I got. So I like to be transparent. And I also don't like to, if I'm messing up during the pod, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go back and edit it, anything like that. No. Just let it roll. Let it roll. I'll make fun of myself. We can laugh together when I mess up. I'm okay with that. Fuck it. Why not? Why not laugh at yourself? Just laugh at yourself. Learn to, you, laughing is the best thing you can do in, in life. I, I mean, I'm serious. one of my favorite things in the world is hanging out with my wife. At the end of every day, the kids are in bed. The wife and I settle down in our our smoke shack. Get the green a-flowing. Smokage a-flowing. And then we find something to watch on TV. And a lot of times we're putting on something to laugh. Ridiculousness is a big one for us. We like to laugh. Yeah, I laugh at the videos. And not only is that a great bonding experience for me and the wife, but we both get a lot out of it. And part of that is all the laughter. It's just true. It really is good for the soul. It really is. Sorry to get all, you know, so boxy a little bit there for a second. But it's true. You need to keep up with the laughter. So I'm all about the laughter. And speaking of laughter, if you ever hear that, that I got... I got an issue with my nose. Now, it's bad enough I have seasonal allergies and uh, sinus issues. <laughs> like, I'll, I'm a mess, to be honest. But now, I've recently found out I deal with these issues every winter. My nose gets so just messed up. Crusty stuff in there. It's terrible. Sorry if that was too much information. for some, But it gets terrible in there, in the old schnoz, schnozzer. But I recently realized part of my issue this year, because this year it seemed to be way worse, is, oh, oh, it's because I have a septal perforation. <gasps> Meaning, I have a hole in my septum. As, and if you can see the video right now, because there is video for this too, which I do put on YouTube, you will see I have a nose ring, a septum ring, a bowl ring, as some call it. And that's not the hole I'm talking about. No, I have another one, and so now I have two, two holes. One with the bull ring in it, and another one a little farther. And I'm reading on this, and the number one cause is drugs. <laughs> But I've never done anything like that. I've never... I've had allergies my whole goddamn life. Like, I, I had to use... I remember using nasal spray when I was... That shit sucks. No, no. Snorting anything, never appealing to the mad chatter. No thank you. Smoking... Give me that greenness smoke. Did something up the nose. It was always the same for me. Now, I'm not trying... To act grandiose or anything like that. This is just my personal things. I've got my own damn issues. Recovering alcoholic here. Been sober for quite a few years. But I've had quite the battle with that shit. So I'm no judgment here. But for me personally. Up the nose. With a needle. None of that shit. Never appealed to me at all. At all. So. I certainly don't have a second hole in my nose. Because I'm doing a bunch of coke. I guess is what I'm saying. Because that is not the case. But there's another one there. <laughs> and it sucks. And it also causes sometimes a little whistling or sound. It almost sounds like wind is going. <laughs> it's so terrible. <laughs> I do see a doctor, a specialist next month. So we'll see how that goes. But anyway. Okay. Now I'm done rambling. Now let's really get into some football news. <laughs> Well, probably the most recent thing, I guess, would be Wentz to the Colts, right? Now, I was never big on Carson Wentz, but I'm interested to see. Because the time he was good, he was with Frank Reich, so if you put him back with Frank Reich, we'll see what happens. Now, I'm not a coach worshiper, I don't, I, I really believe coaches can only do so much... But there could be something there. There is, you know, things like that. I mean, you can look at Matt Ryan and kind of what's happened to him in that offense since Shanahan left. I mean, there's cases like that you can point to where there is that coach-player connection that does make a difference. So, we'll see. If the reunification with Frank Reich has Wentz stepping up his game. And that means to me it's Jalen Hurt's time in Philly. Now, they could say they bring in competition, but I feel fairly confident they're not gonna draft in anybody. That would be my opinion. They'll probably bring in a veteran. And if he does struggle, they'll have a they don't have a great team. <laughs> like, you know, so a good chance to be bottom of the barrel next year too if he does struggle and is not very good so they can approach quarterback in the draft next year I would imagine we'll have to see how they play but I would think if they're talking about competition for Jalen Hurts it's probably a veteran but I imagine Jalen Hurts to be the starter for the Eagles when the season approaches that's what I bet and again Let's see what these two guys do now. Jalen Hurts showed a lot of promise at the end of last year. He was good for Miles Sanders game. We'll see if they can keep that up. And Wentz goes in to replace the retiring Phillip Rivers. And if he can get it, if he can get it going, I mean, psh, there's some weapons there. You got Jonathan Taylor. Mm, love that. Love that. And they're going to use the shit out of it. Paris Campbell will be returning. Please don't forget about Paris Campbell. And Michael Pittman. I mean, they got some players. See what happens with T.Y. But I think they'll roll with the young guys. I think this could be interesting. Very interesting. And then, not too long before that, you had the Stafford and Goff switch, right? I don't think that's a terrible idea. Really, either for either team. A lot of people are talking about how the Lions won because of all the picks, but it meant a great deal for the Rams to get rid of Goff in that contract. And they bring in Stafford, who, in my opinion, is an upgrade. I know a lot of people will point out, you know, how many Pro Bowls has he been to, how, what has he done in this and that and stats, and I look at it as he did pretty damn good considering he was on the fucking Lions. That's the way I feel about it. And if he can stay healthy, because that is a bit of an issue. He's had some trouble with that as of recent. Now, if he could stay healthy in this Rams offense, I think he can be highly productive. And he definitely boosts every other offensive player on that team. Because he has a better quarterback than Jared Goff. I'm sorry. He's more talented. He's a better decision maker. I believe in Matthew Stafford. And I believe he's going to have a hell of a year... On his new team, I really do. No, Terry Goff. This is another one like uh, you know Carson Wentz. I was never a big fan of, but he also had some good time in the NFL as a starter. But this could be one of those situations where you know a lot more on the coach in that one. So again, excited to see what Sean McVay does with Matthew Stafford. But Jared Goff going to Detroit, uh, to me, is just nothing more than a stopgap. And in order to make this happen, the Detroit Lions wanted picks, which is a good move. They got some good picks for this. Now, if they get those picks, use them wisely to build this team, they, they could be beginning on a good path here. I guess is the way I want to say it. Now we'll see. It's still Lions. <laughs> and their coach seems a bit extra. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there in old Detroit. But man, that Stafford... That Stafford spot is underrated, I just think. Him as a player, underrated. And what he can do for the Rams and what the Rams can do for him also, also... Underrated. Now, next up, you got the wonderful situation going on in Houston. Houston, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Deshaun Watson wants to get the fuck out. Okay, And you all seem not to want to let him out. So you're making a big show of this. You're going to drag it on. It's going to get ugly. Because you know when it comes down to it, the bottom line is you're going to trade him because nobody wants a fucking disgruntled quarterback. It's one thing. When it's a running back, wide receiver, something like that. But the quarterback. Now, the only thing that would give me pause is this is the Houston Texans. And they've shown over and over (laughs) They're more than willing to fuck up over and over again. So, we'll see what they do. But if they were smart, they'd get this ball rolling, get Deshaun Watson traded. Eventually, teams, they're going to start going, all right, if you guys ain't going to play ball, we got to get we gotta get a quarterback. So, we're going to go look elsewhere. It's a good time when you got all these teams foaming at the mouth for them. Have you a little bidding war? but it's coming. He's going to get his wish. I don't know where it will be. A big name right now seems to be Carolina. Sounds like they'd be willing to part ways with Christian McCaffrey as well. That would be interesting. I know I've said interesting about a million times in this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. No! Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No! I'll try to tone down the, it's, it's like, if you ever watch Ghost Adventures, this is another show my wife and I used to watch a lot, Ghost Adventures, if you ever watch this, we used to always make fun of the main guy, Zach, because he's kind of a, a goof, in our opinion, <laughs> but he'll constantly say the word compelling, and I'm just doing the same thing, but using interesting, it'll be interesting, so chill out, chill out, chatter, and let's roll on. Watson carolina that could be interesting (laughs) got i just did it again no okay i mean you got dj moore robbie anderson we'll see what happens with curtis samuel he could be going elsewhere matt rule we'll see i mean i really i really personally think he'd be great in denver Because they talk about San Francisco. Eh, I don't know how that would work. Do they have the assets? Doesn't, you know, isn't the thing about Shanahan, he wants more of a quarterback who's not going to, you know, take things into his own hands. Get into that backyard football. Because when things start to break, Kyle Shanahan appreciates a Jimmy G type. The things you hear from like a Chris Sims, right? And then New York, they just they'd have to give up so much to get him that they would it just be Watson going to a shittier team. He's gonna want to go to a team where he has a bit of a chance. Sure, Carolina makes some sense. Maybe Washington is interested, but I still feel like it's Denver. You got a bit of a running game. You got a bit of a defense. You got fucking weapons. Portland Sutton, K.J. Hamler, Deshaun Hamilton, Jerry, Judy, Noah Fant, Albert O. Come on. There's tradition. People might say that I I am a Coloradian. I do live here in the suburbs of Denver, Colorado. But I'm not diehard Broncos guy. It just... If you ask me, looking at the situation, looking at the teams, this makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. And then you got in some other news. Big Ben, what are the Steelers going to do with them? There's some Sam Darnold chatter going on. So we'll see what happens with that. But is there a chance Sam Darnold ends up in Pittsburgh? I talked about that last year. I said that would be a perfect, my opinion, perfect place for Darnold to go. Now, the Steelers got a little work to do to get their own shit together, but generally, that's been a pretty good place to play. Now, they got some weapons, good coaching they can add to the team, could be a good spot for Darnold to kind of redeem himself. I just think as, as much as I believe the Jets could stick with Darnold and they might be pleasantly surprised, there's something about I just think everybody's ready to just be over the whole thing together and, like, the Jets need something new and, and Darnold needs something new just so they can both get the, the Adam Gay stank washed off of them. Like, that's what it feels like to me. That's what it feels like to me. It's just something that's got to happen. But we got to quit disrespecting Sam Darnold. Because I think he's got to get another chance to show what he can do in a non-Adam Gase setting. <laughs> Look at all the players that have been fine since getting away from Adam Gase. Too many to count, right? Good Lord. Good Lord. Lord. Speaking of disrespect, I'm sure everybody's seen that video of the kid disrespected Cam Newton at his own fucking camp. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't. I don't at all. Parents teach kids better. Not like Cam is the, you know, the tops of role models when it comes to that particular position, I would say. I personally love the guy. And you can talk to Bill Belichick about what a worker he is, how hard of a worker he is, and all of that. I don't know. I think he's fucked up coming at Cam like that. Parents gotta do better. Parents gotta do better. And lastly, I was reading just a couple days ago. That Aaron Jones, free agent, by the way, of course, and my the Miami Dolphins have mutual interest. Well, shit. Now I know a lot of people would probably like Aaron Jones to stay in Green Bay, and there's another segment that would like him to go away along with Jamal Williams, so that it can be the A.J. Dillon show. Even though I'm I'm, I'm fairly certain that's not that's not what you want to happen because I don't. Um, I mean, maybe it works out. I wouldn't bet on it. So we'll see what the Packers end up doing. But if Aaron Jones decides to go elsewhere, that wouldn't be a bad place. They need some playmakers. And I think, you know, you look at it, you get Devontae Parker, you got Preston Williams returning, they could use another receiver, but you got Mike Gusecki at tight end. And as much as I do like Miles Gaskin, that's about what they got at running back. Savan Ahmad, he made some noise last last year, but it's it's, it's really miles Gaskin and and they could really use an upgrade. Sure, could be done in the draft. but if there's some interest there with Aaron Jones, I could see that working out just fine. if you're an Aaron Jones uh, a truther or fan or someone who rosters him in dynasty leagues, I don't think that's a bad move at all. do you? All right, that's what we got for news. Chatting on some news. So let's get into a little bit of a startup strategy when it comes to dynasty drafting. Let's do that. Yeah. Draft strategy. I do love drafting. It's, you know, it's something that every fantasy manager loves. Drafts. Who doesn't love drafts? Sometimes that's how we get in trouble, right? Because we want to do another draft, and all of a sudden, we want to do another one, and all of a sudden, we want to do another one, and all of a sudden, we have way too many fucking leagues, right? But drafting is a blast. And, by the way, I will have... An article coming out on playerprofiler.com in the next couple of days pertaining to this subject, this very subject of startup draft strategy. Startup draft, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. See, start, startup draft strategy. You suck, yeah, jackass. Yeah, I know. <laughs> startup draft strategy. So, I won't get as detailed as my article because I don't want to give away the farm, right? I want you to go and check out my article, right? And give it a read. It's good stuff. It's good stuff, I think. But to begin, to begin, I always say it's important to have a strategy, but but to be flexible, right? Because you can try and play it A certain way, but chances are something's going to happen to kind of blow your shit up at some point. And you need to be aware of that and know how to pivot to change course. And, you know, don't fear moving around in the draft, moving up to get a guy you really want moving back because you just don't you don't have to pick when it's your turn I mean you may have to (laughs) but you don't necessarily have to sit there and go I guess I'll just say try and move around a little and moving back is generally beneficial I mean and I would say very important But much easier said than done. And that's building for the now and the future. And there's... That's something every fantasy manager is trying to do if you're in Dynasty, right? You want to be able to compete now and going forward. You want to be able to compete every year. And it's hard to do. I do it in a lot of my Dynasty leagues. Hell, last year was the first time, one of my very first dynasty leagues I think it was my second or third one um that I started commissioning when I w- commissioning I should say commission no commissioning works yeah huh? yeah when I first got into all of this and this past season I missed the playoffs for the first time in a very very long time because <laughs> I've just I've always been able to maintain that competitiveness. It can be very tough to do, though. And that's really the main goal. But again, so much easier said than done. But there are ways to do it. And I'm going to kind of talk about that as we go through. Like, for example, let's begin in the early rounds of a startup draft. Now, I say regardless if it's super flex or not, get your QB early in these rounds. Now, if it's a super flex, you're probably going to have to go QB in the first or second. But if it's standard, one quarterback, just get it done by round five. Because the thing is, the very top quarterbacks do make a difference. And again, if you check out my article on PlayerProfiler.com when it comes out in the next couple of days, you'll see how detailed I get into this pertaining to these quarterbacks, and particularly the ones who have that mobility, who scramble, who get you rushing yards. They do make a difference, okay? And you gotta grab one of them. Because the thing that has been missed, I, I do believe, personally, in in recent years, is that... The thing with quarterback and tight end is it does give you an advantage at the position. Because there's a small group that scores so much more than the others, right? Whereas running backs, there's, you know, a decent amount of those. And receivers, a healthy amount. But when you get to the quarterbacks and the tight end, not as many. So if you have one you're automatically going to have an advantage over like half of your league when you have a matchup against one of those teams that doesn't have one of those top guys you are going to have an advantage now that always doesn't always mean everything you know could be Patrick Mahomes versus Jimmy G and all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes has a 15 point day and Jimmy G has 33 It happens. But generally speaking, right? Another way that I like to try and build for now in the future. I shouldn't say another way. This is a way. I was talking about the quarterback stuff previously. (laughs) No, I don't suck. Not hearing that shit again. Not a jackass. But when it comes to that building for now in the future, young running backs... Target the shit out of them in your in, in your startup draft. I did this a lot in my startups last year, and and in, in, in a couple of them, I didn't even sniff the playoffs because injuries and things in a couple of leagues where I drafted <coughs> Darius guys. <Geis. coughs> Whoops. But walking into this year. They look loaded. But I do think that's important, is to get the young running backs. Because, see, when you look at it, and you look at the top 10 backs of 2020, not one is over 26 years old. Same thing with 2019. Same thing with 2018. In fact, it's 2017 where there's a player, and there's actually two, that are over the age of 26 in the top 10. Sean McCoy. And shit, somebody else. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, maybe?
1: Read my article.
0: You'll see. <laughs> but all else. Different. It, it's under. 26 and under. So, that's telling you right there. The most productive backs are younger. And this is why you need to target them. This is why you need to get them in dynasty, right? And then as they approach second contracts, you sell them. Like right now, this is an optimal year to sell Dalvin Cook. And probably Aaron Jones too. I'd rather be a year early than a year late. on getting rid of those guys. Just saying. Optimal value. That's what you always want to look for. Speaking of optimal value, that's really... The main thing you want to do in these drafts. Aside from, yes, trying to to have a youthful team that can also contend. You really do want to optimize the value of every pick. That's the best way to describe it. That's why you got to follow the numbers, the analytics, because it helps reduce the risk Right? And that's why you got to look at running backs and say, hey, once they hit a certain age, it's just time to go. you got to rely on the younger ones. The running backs is a young man's game. It's unfortunate. I feel for them. Because it's hard to give them a good second contract. And people don't want to pay for past performance. They want to pay for what you're going to do in the future. I really feel like something should be done in the CBA when it comes to rookie contracts specifically for running backs. So that they can make a little more money for what they do. But I digress. Moving on to the mid-rounds. Now this is a good time where you fill out your depth. And you do want to get some upside guys in there. But you also want some consistency, right? Because you want to make sure if you have injuries that you know you've got some reliable depth to get you through that. And bye weeks and things like that. And then some upside again. Me personally, this is an area where I like to get like second year, third year guys that I believe will take that next step. And this is great for getting a tight end. Tight end, again, another position. Don't be afraid to take one early. Now, if you're like me, Travis Kelsey is too early because he's gonna go first, second, third, round, <laughs> something like that. It's too early for me. But there's definitely tight ends worth grabbing and again there's always a handful that produce and there's such a drop-off after that and it's every year sometimes the drop-off is a little less a few years ago it was like a hundred points from like the fifth highest scoring tight end to the sixth is ridiculous but there's always a handful you don't have to necessarily go get Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, but if you can get one of those handful of guys, again, that's a positional advantage against at least half your league, okay? Try and gain advantages wherever you can in this game. And that's one of them. So don't be afraid to go tight end early. Don't be afraid to go quarterback early. No. No. But again, mid rounds can still get yourself a tight. Tight end premium might be a little bit different. But you should be able to. St- Dallas Goddard right now. Dallas Goddard. Mid round tight end. Alshon Jeffrey's gone. Most likely. Deshaun Jackson for sure gone. Zach Ertz all also almost probably likely gone. Blah 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 blah. Oh, Jesus. No! I know. I know. Sorry. Blah, 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 blah. Vacated targets. Competition gone. Whew. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Wheels up for Dallas Goddard this year. You get them in those mid-rounds. And then you look at the late rounds. And this is primarily where you want to go upside. You know, you hear the term... Flyers, you know, you take a flyer. Or the term lottery ticket, that he's a lottery ticket. Stupid terms. I dislike them. Because really, you can reduce the risk, and it can be so much more than a lottery ticket, if you do the proper research. Now, a lot of these player profiler articles and whatnot will do a good chunk of that for you. But just study it, and you got to know where to look. So that you nail some of these late round quote unquote fires to boost your team's depth. Either to help you along through the season and in the future, or assets to trade. But you know, do the research. Look read the articles. Look at depth charts. Check injury histories. Look at teams with most vacated targets, opportunity, opportunity and talent, two big keys in all of this, right? The more talented, they're going to rise to the top. So where's the opportunity coming from? Talent and opportunity. Find it, and that's where you strike. That's where you strike it. Strike. And me, one last little thing. I do I do like to, I always like to have some spots at the end of my bench so that throughout the season I can rotate players, right? Because you're not going to hit on every single one of these late-round dudes with, with potential upside. Yeah, you're not going to hit on all of them. So there's always opportunity to drop one or two and bring in a couple more. I had Travis Fulgham on my team. I didn't have him at the beginning of the year. Picked him up a few weeks into the season because I really liked him on Detroit. But then Detroit cut him. And I was like, oh, man, Travis Fulgham. And then he was picked up by the Eagles. And I was like, they are pretty thin at the position. Fulgham's pretty talented. From what I can tell, I'm going to pick him up. That's a good idea. And it panned out for several weeks. (laughs) Then it kind of went down the drain. But it's a good example, right? Just look at the opportunity available and the talent. And also, wouldn't hurt to keep some extra tight ends at the end of your bench because they are scarcity, much like quarterbacks, like, like I've said, mentioned before. And so it's a good idea to go ahead and have a few extra, again, with talent and some potential opportunities. If you get a few guys who work out, and you get some decent tight end depth, eventually someone's going to come calling for one of those boys. And could probably work yourself out a pretty nice return. So, that's what I liked. This is how I really like to roll when it comes to the startup drafts. Oh yeah. Now my now now the nose is really whistling. I must have really cleared the, during the last break. I must really have cleared my my, my nose out, and now it's all burst <laughs> up. Now it's all whist. Oh good God, Lord! All right, all right. Let's go ahead and get ready to end this tea party. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed the debut of the Dynasty Wonderland. really do. And I appreciate everyone who who joined, who listened, and I hope you continue to join and listen. And make sure to check out all of my content on Twitter, on Instagram, at rmkmadness. And, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap it up for now. And we'll get into another episode next week. Maybe talk a little, you know, dynasty trade tactics. Because I'll be writing an article about that too. Actually, that one might be out in the next few days as well. So keep your eyes on Player Profiler and my Twitters. Whew. Whew. But that's what I got for you. That's what I got for you. Hope you enjoyed the debut continue to come along on this journey with me in the dynasty wonderland thank you very much and as always hey much love to y'all appreciate you be safe out there be vigilant be mad you know the best of us are. that's right that is right and i hope everyone has a great weekend a great friday Thursday, Friday, a great weekend. And, uh, you know, we'll continue to provide some fantasy football chatter as we go along through the offseason. <sighs> Alright, let's get the hell out of here. Until next time. Thank you once again. And ta-ta for now. Laters! <laughs>